Hey, my name is Logan Pankers. I'm Assam Azuma. Hey, this is Brock Radke from Las Vegas Weekly, and you are in the right place because you're listening to my favorite Vegas podcast, Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. What's up, chefs, hospitality family, foodies? You're listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss chef and journalist and i'm louie victa chef and professional food photographer thanks for joining us we started this podcast in june 2019 to honor anthony bourdain a fellow chef who gave us all a better understanding of different cultures and people through his daring food adventures we're here to expand the dialogue we're two chefs cooking up raw honest conversations about chef life food and the hospitality industry so come on in you can sit with us yo what's up blue yo two sharp chefs in a microphone we have another good bizarre friend today we have moses ponce he is going to be the sous chef at the new bizarre chicago which oh. unfortunately we can't we can't talk a lot about, but we can say that he's going to be the sous chef there. Um, but they did just start something there that he can talk about. Anticipating that we're talking about moving for your job because this is in Chicago and Moses has been to LA, Las Vegas. We are talking about the coolest place we've cooked. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about New York City. Um, just being in New York City for me is a thing as a professional cook. Um, it's amazing just trying the variety of restaurants and then being able to cook in NYC is like taking it to a whole nother level. Now, at first I was thinking James Beard House, awesome, very cool. But the moment when I was cooking for James Beard at the Rainbow Room, uh, in Rockefeller Center, I have to say that that was, you know, it might not get any higher than that for me <laughs> professionally. Um, it was cool cooking with like James Beard finalists and, you know, celebrity chefs. But honestly, the main thing was just like being in that setting, you know, with that view of New York City. Um, it just felt like such an amazing moment. Like I never thought that I'd be in that moment. Um, and then I remember telling my best friend and my husband shortly after that I wish that they were there because the moment that we finished service um, and we were cooking for the James Beard Awards, uh, I was in the top of Rockefeller Center looking out at all of New York City. And then a live singer started singing La Vion Rose. <laughs> I was drinking out of a coconut um, that was put together by like a famous mixologist. And then I was just like in the room, you know, with like Carla Hall and Lydia Bastianich. And I thought, this is the perfect professional cook's moment. Like there couldn't be anything better than this moment right now. And I totally accept that fact. I'm gonna take a picture, a selfie of myself in New York City, hobnobbing with these people at the James Beard Awards. Um, and I may never have this moment again, but I'm okay with that. That's cool. It's an awesome moment. Um, Louis, what's yours? That's a great story. Good, good story. Well, my, um, my special place the coolest place that I've ever worked for or cooked at will actually be the first place I ever worked at professionally, which is the San Francisco Zoo. Ooh. Why? Because how many of you can actually say that you were a zoo? zoo? I, I cannot. I yeah, cannot. The San Francisco <laughs> Zoo. So um, I picked it because it's awesome. I mean, I get there before the crowds get there. And I've actually developed like a personal relationship with some of the animals that I pass along the way to the cafe I work at. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just cool to like be a part of that kind of like environment, meet the zookeepers, learn about the animals, in addition to serving people. Yes. I don't I don't serve animals. I serve people. So yeah, I mean, that was a good two years of my life. That was my starter job. And um, yeah, I had so much fun at the San Francisco Zoo. Louie, we have an awesome former teammate with us that opened Bazaar Meet with us. We have Moses Ponce. And he started with the Bazaar by Jose Andres in Beverly Hills for five years before he cooked in Las Vegas with us at Bazaar Meat. And then he moved on to Jordan Khan's Destroyer Restaurant in Los Angeles, then headed to the pastry department at WeHo Chateau Marmont with another good friend of ours. And now he's back at the mothership. <laughs> this time in Chicago, Bazaar Chicago. It's coming, guys. It's coming in November is what I last heard early November. So, Moses, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. All right. I've been waiting to do this for a while, actually. (laughs) I know. We've had like a good amount of, you know, bizarre family people on this podcast. You've moved a few times for your work, just like us. Um, What's that been like? And how did you make that decision? Like, how do you make that decision as you go along? Like, I'm going to go from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. I'm going to go back to LA. I'm going to go to Chicago. Is it personal reasons? Is it career reasons? Or is it kind of both when you make those moves? It's a little bit of everything, to be honest, like at those points of my life, I was I was looking for something else. Like when I went to Vegas, it was for a higher position. I wanted to be a lead cook there. Um, But, you know, stuff just didn't happen how I wanted it to happen. I went back to L.A. I moved up there as a lead cook. And then after just being away from a place and going back, it's never the same. so I left Bazaar. I did that. And then, you know, later down the line, now I'm here back in Chicago. Uh, prior to COVID happening, I was with the Mina group and I was going to open up like a WeHo location. I was going to be the CDC there. I was going to have my own little baby there. And that was amazing. But then COVID happened and then I got let go. A lot of the other chefs with the Mina group got let go. Um, but like a little bit before that, I had came to Chicago for work with the Mina group. It was supposed to be a two week thing. It ended up being a two month thing. Um, and then I met my current boyfriend on my last two weeks here. And then, yeah. And then we did the whole long distance thing and I came out to visit him in July of that year. And then he was like, you know, just come move in with me. And I was like, okay. Um, So it was great. Like, I mean, I really love the guy. And, you know, that was my main reason for coming here. It was like, I wanted to move for him. I wanted to make the relationship work. Um, But something that uh, the old chef at Bazaar told us, it was like, you know, we're in this industry where we have the opportunity to just up and go wherever we want. Like at the end of the day, people all over the world need to eat and, you know, we need to cook for them. So moving to like Vegas or to Chicago, it never was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to have a job. It's like, I can find something, you know? And luckily, uh, Jen Chow, who used to work at Bazaar Meet with us, opened up the Nobu out here the same time I had moved out here. So like just keeping those connections over the past like seven, six years, it was just, Hey, I need help. Can you find me something? Do you have anything available? Like I did a cook position at Nobu for like four months. Just, I needed something, you know, I needed to work. 
So I was just waiting for Bazaar Meat to open. Like I knew Chicago was coming. So it was just a waiting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was fun. So now I'm here. But like, I feel people before, like, don't be afraid of moving. Like, yeah, it's a fun experience. You definitely grow from it. I grew from it a lot. I'm not the same. I wasn't the same person in Vegas that I was in LA. Like I was a completely different person in Vegas, like moving back to LA. I was a completely different person. Like you definitely grow after making these big life choices. So like coming here, it was, it was a big thing. Like I'm on my own. I don't have family out here. I have a handful of people that are familiar faces, but that's it. You were talking about how you don't have family there, but like the synergy of this happening now, we're like, your work family is like coming to you in like a yeah. weird way. Yeah, um, what's that like for you? It's like almost like you manifested it. I mean, I know you said you knew that Bizarre Chicago was coming, but it's like the timing is freaking awesome. Like your old executive chef is there and like now your Bizarre family's back there and your Haleo family. Like it's just kind of interesting that this kind of all happened, like right place, right time kind of thing. It definitely does feel like that like it is a little surreal seeing people coming back and I'm just like I would never have expected them to be here in the same city as me like uh my friend Hector who I worked with who I went to culinary school with and then you know we both worked at Bazaar together and now he's with corporate and TFG and he's coming down to help open up locations and I'm here it's just like I never would have thought like 10 years ago that me and him would ever be in Chicago here together like opening up projects together it's crazy. And like, even just seeing like my old, uh, chef, uh, chef Holly from Bazaar LA, she's now with TFG working in there. She's going to be down here in a few months, like to help with the opening. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like seeing all these familiar faces just here. And I'm just like, I never would have expected it. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. And it's just like another, you know, reason to just, you know, like you said, it's, things come around. You need to keep networking. Don't burn bridges because you're going to see them again, no matter where you go. And that's something I've tried to tell people and cooks throughout the years. It's like, don't ever have bad beef with people that you work with. Mm -hmm. Cause honestly, like five, 10 years down the road, you have no idea where you're going to end up. Mm -hmm. You have no idea the help you're going to need from people. Um, and like I said, like I'd met Jen Chow six years ago when we were at Bazaar, it was like that was her second job. But you know, I made that connection. We became friends, and six years later, I'm like, "Hey, I need a job, right?" <laughs> like, I got you, and it, that's those are the kind of relationships you sh- should try to make with people. So, what's the pull um, with Jose Andres restaurants? Like, do you feel like you're coming home? Um, is it the food? Is it the family? Is it kind of like a little bit of everything? It's a little bit of everything. It's like, it does feel like coming back home with this company or the group. It's, I don't know. It just, it felt like we just all picked up where we left off. Like there wasn't any bad blood with anybody. Everything was always great. Like my experience at Bazaar LA and Bazaar Vegas, like we were very much a family. Like we did everything together. Like you guys were a part of that too. When we all worked together at one point, like it was fun. And you know, you guys were a big big part of my life and mm-hmm. I don't know just being here like it just feels safe and comforting in a way like you know going home always feels good so um I just talked to your uh, upcoming boss here chef Alex and uh he gave me the warning that I'm not allowed to talk a lot about the new bazaar because they're hush hush about it um yeah. what I can't say is I know it's going to be really freaking cool it's on the river 
Um, and it's going to be a totally new concept for Bazaar. It's going to have several levels and blah, 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 but I can't say very much more, except that the Cafe by the River has opened. And tell us a little bit about that and what that is. The cafe's been great. So right now it's kind of just like the cafe for the building. Uh, the building currently has a few hundred people that are renting out like space from it uh, at full capacity. We'll have like 6,000 people in there. Whoa. Uh, so every day, every week, we're just getting busier and busier. More businesses are bringing in more employees. Uh, so it is going to be a beast once the entire building is open. Uh, we're still learning stuff as we go. Uh, a lot of people are still figuring out like how to work a cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have experience with that just from being at Destroyer. So coming into here, it's like, I know how to barista. I know how to cook. I know how to work with people, how to work a POS system. So that's all cool. We have really amazing pastries. Our food is amazing. Like the sandwiches, the salads, everything's great. I make kombucha there. Um, uh -huh. Slowly picking up. I just want to say from the outside, it looks like, you know, you've always been talented. You've always been skilled. You've always been kind of a boss at a bunch of things. Uh, always love joking around with you and stuff. But from the outside, it looks like you've achieved this awesome balance. Um, it's something that's really hard, I think, for chefs and cooks and people in hospitality to achieve. Um, you're all booed up, finally. <laughs> no single awareness day for you anymore. No, no. <laughs> um, you look happy. Your career is like on the way up. How did you get here? And like, what steps are you taking to try to like, you know, maintain this like awesome balance that you have going? It's a lot of hard work. Like, honestly, I've always told people like do stuff that makes you happy. If you're not happy in a situation, get out of it. Like that goes for relationships, for jobs, anything. Like if you don't find happiness in what you're doing, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like at one point with relationships, I did like kind of put it on the back burner like just being in like just being gay it's like the, the gay world is a lot harder I find just like finding someone finding a partner finding someone who can deal with my schedule like when I was working at Chateau like my boyfriend at the time broke up with me because he thought I was cheating on him I'm like <laughs> my pastry cooks both dipped out on me I was yeah. for two weeks yeah I was stressed out like it was hard yeah, there were days where I just had to spend the night at the hotel because I had to be back at six in the morning after working a dinner shift, not yeah. getting out like 12 one. Yeah, so it's like that's what our world is like, you know, like when you're in a kitchen, you're invested. It's like that's that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So finding balance with all that, like it's hard. It's not easy. I can tell you that right now. Like I'm happy in my relationship. It's great. I love my man to death, but you know, my schedule does, it does affect us, you know, it affects everybody. Like I'm sure you two, when you guys were in kitchens, it's, or still are in kitchens, like, you know, it's hard. Oh, it's so hard. It's honestly like, it's one of the reasons why, like I haven't gone back to a full-time kitchen job. It's like a main reason because I want to have weekends with my husband. I'm, I'm married and I chose to be married and I want to spend time with him. And, you know, I, I want to have a baby now. And these things just, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's really fucking hard to make that all balanced and work out in a way that all parties are still happy. Like you said, you want to be happy. So yeah. um, problem. I'm just driving myself off the cliff, <laughs> but I'm having a great time doing so. Right. <laughs> That's good As you should do. Yeah, you. Exactly. exactly. You That's do like, you. The whole reason I moved out here was to be with my boyfriend. So it's like, 
if I just invest myself all in work, it's like, what was the point of me moving out here? Absolutely. And overworked back home. Right, right. Absolutely. 100%. So all about question, balance. real yes. question. Um, so what do you do for like self-care and enjoyment to maintain that balance? Hmm. I mean, I cook at home. That's kind of my like Zen moment. It's like even my even my boyfriend Michael sees me and he's like, when you're in the kitchen, you're just like in your little world and just sipping back and forth. And honestly, like something as simple as just making breakfast for me, like just enjoying my time, just making some waffles and just being like, what crap do I have in the cupboard that I just want to throw in here? It's like, ah, I have two bags of chocolate chips. Why not? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I also exercise every day. Like we go to the gym every day and I like, I get a workout and clear my head. It's like when you're on a running on a treadmill or like even just running by the river, it's like, it's good time just to like, I don't know, have a conversation with yourself, go over mm-hmm. scenarios in your head, play them all out. <laughs> Totally. Uh, definitely. When I was back in Los Angeles, it's like driving home, I'd be stuck in the car for an hour and a half. So it's like, I have all that time to myself to think and just like, I don't know, talk, like I've said, talk to yourself. Like sometimes you need to have that conversation with yourself. of like, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. You're taking your own temperature, seeing if you're where you should be and where you want to be. Totally. Um, you mentioned from, you mentioned kombucha. So I want to talk a little bit about fermentation because you make your own kombucha, which is very, very cool. Um, talk to us about that process and like why you're interested in it. Uh, it's just, so the reason I started making it was because I started, I would buy kombucha here all the time and my boyfriend just loves it and he would just drink it, and drink it mm-hmm. and drink it. But that shit's expensive. It's so expensive. Sure. It's expensive. <laughs> like six bucks for a little tiny thing, right? Yes. Yes. So I was like fifty about this. Um, so I got some fermentation books, read some stuff, kind of didn't understand it. Um, it was still like, I don't get what they're talking about half the time. I was like, I have to do what? Um, <laughs> but one of the cooks at Nobu, her name is Marley. She's the sous chef there. Um she was making kombucha. She brought some in and I was like, can I have a SCOBY? And she's like, yeah, uh-huh. by all means. She's like, <laughs> she's like, have it's easy to grow one. Yeah. It's easy to grow one. I just grew one on my own out of like a, an old bottle. Today. And I was like, I know you can grow it. I just yeah. I haven't really dove deep. I've just asked people like, you got a SCOBY? Hook it up. Right. <laughs> I got multiple like, SCOBYs. Yeah. It's like when you get, when someone has a really good bread starter and you're kind of like. Oh Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, except that bread start. <laughs> uh, I did that with the kombucha. She went over the process with me and I was like, I'm going to figure it out. Like I saw peop- I saw some of the cooks at Vespertine um, make kombucha when I was at Destroyer and we shared the same prep kitchen. So I kind of saw what was going on. So I hit up my friend, Ruth, who's, who was a sous chef there at the time. I picked her brain, asked my friend Marley, and then I experimented with it. So you get your SCOBY, you put it in some sweet tea, let it sit out for a week at like room temp, uh, with like a cheesecloth over it. Um, then after the first week is done, you add your fruit flavoring. I messed around with it. Like I've made fruit juice from like the fruits I've gotten fruit, fruit concentrates just because they're more consistent with flavor and sugar. Cause like you can buy a hundred apples, but they're never going to taste the same. Yeah. And so it's like, I got tired of that because I was like, you know, I'm tired of buying all this fruit and it's not tasting how I want it to taste. Yeah. So I tried the fruit concentrates that really worked out. 
And then after, yeah, after your first week fermentation, you add in your fruit flavorings, whatever you want. That's the second fermentation. Uh, but at that point, I figured out you need to close it with the lid. You and that's a, it. Yeah, that's, that's what builds what up the fermentation. That's the gas. Yeah. I, I and, never put fruit, like, until, like, I actually serve, serve it. Just to, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep everything, like, kosher and all that. Because, like, I'm on a continuous brew. So mine uh-huh. has like a tap in the bottom. So I just like whenever I like um, whenever I draw from it, I replace uh-huh. basically. So the scobies keep just like building on top, on top of on top of each other. Yeah, I'm learning. Interesting. I'm just like that's fucking amazing. Part of my <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. You can say whatever you want on this podcast, man. <laughs> uh, that's what that blew my mind. Like after I figured it out, like I know some people said that it smells funky, right? So I took out the scoby after the first week of fermentation and with all the sediment from the bottom, it kind of just built up those gases still mm-hmm. because they're technically like micro scobies in there that are still working and doing the whole like fermenting process. So like it got rid of the funky smell and the funky taste and everyone who's drinking now, they're like, oh my God, I hated kombucha before, but yours is amazing. Like it doesn't have that weird funk to it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I figured it out because my first few batches tasted a little nar-nar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I was drinking them, I was like, they taste good, but they smell like shit. Right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking so fermentation. Figured, <laughs> yeah, it's a little funky. So I figured it out. And like, so there were some batches that I would make. I just crack in like the whole thing looked like the little atom bomb going off in there. Just like the little cloud coming up. And it was just, I get all excited about it still. Like, <clears throat> I'll do it at work. And I pull it out. I'm like, everybody, look, 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 look. It's going to do the thing. And then they're just like, that's what you showed us. I'm like, wasn't it amazing? Aww. It is amazing. Um, so we've established you're a kombucha daddy, but we also know that you're a longtime plant zaddy. I am. So what is it about plant life that you love so much? And also, this is a sub question. How do you feel about being on trend right now? Because suddenly everybody's a plant daddy or plant mommy. <laughs> so weird. Wants it. But um, you were way before it. You were way before your time. Before. I've always loved gardening <laughs> and getting my hands dirty and just playing in dirt. Like back home when we had houses, like I would always have a garden. Um, I grew up on like a half acre ranch. We had like the horses, the pigs, the chickens. I had my garden. Um, so when I moved into like apartments in Koreatown, it's like you don't have a garden anymore you don't have a backyard a front yard so i was like cool i'll get into the indoor plants and then one turned into two into 10 into 30 into 50 yeah (laughs) um hanging from everywhere and like i love it like seeing something grow from like yay big to like a huge vine creeping up your wall like it's beautiful there's something comforting about having like all that life around you and just like you know they grow with you yeah get this one and and you're at this one point of your life, five years later, it's like big and flourished. And like, so are you in a way, you know, yeah. you both changed. Um, did, and you, there are- did you freak out when you had to leave them? Like when you went to Chicago? Yeah, I totally <laughs> freaked out. I was like, my babies are going to die. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, some of them did. Like my mom would go every week. She'd water the plants. Cause like, I thought it was just a two week work trip. Cause that's what they told right. me. And then- Every week it was like, we're going to keep you a little longer. We're going to keep you a little longer. And then I was like, I've been here for a month already. It's in the middle of winter. 
y'all told me to pack light. I'm glad I didn't listen because I went with like three suitcases with me. One of them was just shoes. Uh, (laughs) And I was just like, my babies are going to die. But like, I went back home and so many of them were just like so big. And I was just like, oh, it's like when you see like your nieces and nephews and you (laughs) know what? And you come mm-hmm. back and you're like, oh my God, you got so big. It's like, that's how I was. I was like, my baby, you got so big. Oh, I was just praying to all of them. And I brought one plant with me from home. It was like my strawberry and cream Hoya plant. And like, it got so big and pretty now. And like, that's like, I don't know. That's a piece of me I brought with me. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. No, that was like the one plant that really fit in my car though. Like I really wanted to bring with me just because like watching it grow I was like I can't wait till it flowers and blooms because they normally take like a year or two to finally like get their roots established and finally bloom and I'm like I'm still waiting to see that if the cat destroy it but they haven't (laughs) it yet um and I'm slowly building my collection like definitely leaving LA and having to like just give all my plants away because I couldn't bring them all with me. Um, we got to move on to show and tell. So what do you have for us, Mr. Moses Ponce? My steel. That is something that's very near and dear to my heart because my grandpa got that for me. Uh, the first one he got me was after culinary school and I was like super happy about it because he used to be, a, he was a butcher for 18 years. And, you know, he got me my first, like, real professional one, and I was super excited about it. <laughs> but at Bizarre Me, someone stole it from me. <gasps> no! I could find it. I left it out, and I don't know, I think it was, like, maybe one of the night cleaners. It wasn't one of the cooks, I know that. Um, but it went missing, you know, stuff goes missing. And then, like, I told him, I was like, I lost it, man, someone stole it. And he's like, don't worry, I got you. So he got me this new French one. It was, like, a yellow handle. It's always by my side I always keep it with me and then like everybody who uses it they're always like oh my god where'd you get it I've had so many cooks like I'll buy it off of you and I'm just like no, no, this is mine like this one means something to me and they're like well you can just get another one I was like eh, it's not no. the same it's not it's- the same like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because I'm just like you know my grandpa's already 93 he has health issues and it's like that's something that I don't know he got that for me and it's mine, you know, no one else's. We're moving on to On The Fly, 60 seconds, rapid fire questions with Moses Ponce. Moses, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. And go. Must have comfort food. Mm, pistachios. Dream spot to travel and eat. Mm, Spain. Death row dessert. <sighs> Hammer and candy, the pelons, the one that you push up. I know it's not a dessert, but like it's a sweet it's thing. Sweet? That, that was my last thing. I want one of those. <laughs> Your cooking soundtrack. Mm, the Killers, anything by The Killers. Favorite comic book character? Green Lantern. But it's Kyle Reiner. He was the second one for Earth. Uh, Hal, Hal Jordan is number two, and then we go into John Stewart. <laughs> Best kombucha combination. Ooh, uh, blackberry yuzu. Ooh. Favorite plant in your home right now? Ooh, my white monstera. Coolest chai town spot. Ooh, uh, I haven't really been out everywhere, but my favorite spot so far is Lao Shishuan. It's a Chinese restaurant. It's amazing, and their orange beef is like everything. 
I didn't know you can make orange chicken instead of and just use orange beef. It's amazing. That's amazing. Oh. Last thing, let's sell it. For Bizarre Chicago, I know you can't say a lot about it, but what can people look forward to? Why is it exciting? Uh, the food, what we're doing. There's an amazing oven that you guys will get to see when it opens. It's pretty dope. I don't want, I don't know if I could disclose more about it, but I'm super excited about our oven that we have. It's like our showpiece and it's just stunning. And I want to learn how to cook everything in it. Love it. Moses, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. I miss you guys so much. And it's so great catching up with you guys. Thank you. I will see you in November. I'm coming down. Yay. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. If you like what you've heard, please like, share, and subscribe. We stream new episodes every other Monday. We love hearing from everybody, so please get social with us on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Plus, check out my cooking blog at FromChefWithLove.com and Louis's amazing photography at LouisVicta.com. It's been a pleasure. We're 86 till next time.